Hey there, it's the real Jason Duncan. I've got a special announcement for you really quick. I am hosting the Exit Lifestyle Conference in Nashville, Tennessee, February 3rd, 4th, and 5th. 2022. You don't want to miss it. Go to theexitlifestyle.com to learn more. I had been consistently creating the right place and right time in my life over and over and over again. Um, and so I love that you have that one there. Uh, and that's why I love it because I, I believe it in both ways. Um, but right people, I mean, I, that one really hit me when I moved to London. After three years of traveling, I settled in London. And I was going to start my, my new coaching business. And man, was it difficult because I didn't realize how much the network I had created in the United States was the source of my success or so key in it, you know, because I grew up there and I knew people. And so when I started doing websites, I had just people to talk to people that trusted me already. And then when I got into real estate, you know, yes, I was doing a new business, but what wasn't obvious to me then is that the fact that it was working quickly is because I was leveraging those same trust relationships in a new service model. In today's ultra-competitive business world, being a successful entrepreneur or business owner can be very challenging. Fortunately, contemporary times have blessed us with resources for tackling those challenges and getting us to success more quickly than we could have imagined. Welcome to The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs grow incredible companies. This podcast looks at the five keys to unlocking success as an entrepreneur. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason's mission is to use his gifts of teaching and leadership to help others get the results they want out of life. Join Jason every week and learn the keys to grow a truly successful business. Welcome back to another episode of The Root of All Success. I'm the real Jason Duncan. On today's episode, we're going to talk with J.P. Morgan, John Patrick Morgan, who is a Probably one of the most interesting guests I've had on the show ever. I'm going to tell you a little bit about him in just a minute. But before I get into his introduction and tell a little bit about the show, I want to thank you. Um, from the bottom of my heart, I absolutely want to say thank you for watching this on YouTube or, or C-Suite TV or listening to it on your podcast player, no matter where you are. And what's what's really encouraging to me as a, as a podcast host and creator is that there are a lot of people that I know personally, and you're, you're one of them, I'm sure, um, who occasionally tell me that you listen to the show, you like what you hear, and I'm always flattered and honored that you do so. So please know that it doesn't escape my attention that you listen and you appreciate this. And so I appreciate you. Thank you for doing that. And if you haven't subscribed, please hit the subscribe button. We are syndicated on the C-Suite Radio Network and Brand new, uh, brand new syndication on C-Suite TV. So you can find us either one of those places. And thanks to those guys at C-Suite Network for helping us do that. Also, of course, as always, you can watch this on YouTube at youtube.com slash The Real Jason Duncan. And I post lots of content, lots of video content on there, not just the show, but you can, of course, watch all the shows and see the guests. Uh, sometimes I record live in a person. Uh, sometimes I record on Zoom like we're doing today, but either way, you can see the guests. And you want to watch today's episode because JP does a magic trick on camera and you won't be able to see what he does if you're, if you're just listening to this. But either way, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. So let me tell you a little bit about JP, JP Morgan, John Patrick Morgan. We're going to be talking to him. This guy 
he left uh, the U.S. and decided to do a three-year on-the-road journey all by himself and went to got a one-way ticket to Malaysia, spent years on the road. He's done, he spent time in a Buddhist monastery studying with Buddhist monks. He helped build a library for kids in Cambodia. He's got a black belt. He's done triathlons. He's ridden bikes. He's He's uh, competed in different sports and won. He's a magician, did street magic in London. This guy is, like I said at the onset, he's probably one of the most interesting guys ever to be on the show. But what's interesting, too, is what the stories he's going to tell today about how that led him to be an entrepreneur. He, he did, he's done several different businesses. We're going to focus mainly today on his coaching business, where he's helping create champions, where he's really kind of diving into helping people marry their not only wealth, as success, but also their happiness, their, their, their attitude, their spirituality. He wants to bring those two things together. So really interesting guy. I want you to stay tuned. And at the end today, I'm going to have a special offer for you. So make sure you stay tuned all the way to the end. So let me welcome to the show, JP, John Patrick Morgan. JP, thank you for being on the show and coming to us through Zoom all the way from Maui, one of the be most beautiful places in the world. So thank you for being here, man. You're welcome, Jason. Thanks for having me on, dude. Well, I'm, I'm really offended that you didn't invite me to Maui to record this live and in person. I don't know what happened there. I didn't even think of it. You know, I was like, man, if you guys can fly me out there, I'll come to Kentucky. But like, um, but I should I should I should have thrown the offer out. My apologies. Next time. <laughs> well, all is well. All is well. We're good here in uh, in Nashville. So we're. Yeah. I'm just glad that we got connected. All right. Uh, so yeah. the weird thing about and the cool cool thing about the podcast universe is that as a podcast host, I get to meet very interesting, successful people. A lot of times, mm. for the first time on camera, like you and I met today. Mm. Other times, well, I record a lot of my shows in person, and a lot of times I'll have a guest walk in live to the studio never met him before in my life. And I sit down and I have such an amazing conversation. I'm really looking forward to the conversation with you because as the intro indicated, there's a whole lot of really cool stuff in your background. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I want to ask this kind of to kick things off, if you don't mind, JP, is Let's that this is all really about entrepreneur entrepreneurial success. So mm. if you go back in your, in your story, in your history, where did your beginning for entrepreneurship start? Was it as a, as a kid? Was it as a teenager? Was it an adult? What, yeah. Where did your entrepreneurial life really start? I mean, you know how it is as an entrepreneur. There's always some kind of gene in you that has that kind of way of being and thinking kind of be there. And I was like, as soon as I figured out that I could make money, whether it was shoveling snow or whatever, it was just there. But like when you're asking me, the thing that jumps out at me is like, you know, I was into computers and I was into like figuring out just how to make things work and fix things. And then like my people that were friends with my dad that had small businesses, I was like, I don't know, 17, 18, were having problems with their computer. I was like, I can fix it. And I just helping for free. And then my dad said, why don't you charge them money? I was like, what? This is what I do because I love it. And I was like, and then I just put the two things together. And it's like, that's so for me that the beginning of the, like, the entrepreneurial journey was when I started getting paid to help people fix their computers. And then it, of course it became, then connecting their computers with ethernet cables through the drop ceiling. And then they're building websites and, you know, uh, it's, it kind of started from there, but uh, yeah, that was, dude, I just love it so much. And I know we're going to talk about my definition of success today, but I think that it's going to be inside that, what I'm saying right here. So you, you, um, so when were you doing that as a teenager? Is that when you started yeah. kind of fixing computers and stuff? Yeah. 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 
And then when I mean, you, I, and then you ended up going yeah. off to school and you, you went, I think the university of Rhode Island, is that right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I studied physics there. And then I did a study abroad in Australia. I did mathematics and physics degree. Physics and mathematics. So there's a whole different universe going on in your brain than most people's man. Physics yeah. And mathematics. But you know, what's really interesting, dude, is that when I, I remember, I literally remember this moment, I was like, cause studying physics and I didn't even know why I was, well, I knew that all I cared about was like, I want to understand how things work. I just was fascinated with how things work. Um, and, and then I remember, but what the hell am I going to do? I don't want to be a physicist. And then I saw this, um, poster on the wall in the physics building. And it said like what people who study physics end up doing afterwards after college. And it was like, you know, obviously a physicist, different things. And it was like 20 or 30% become business owners, entrepreneurs. And I was like, Holy crap. I was like, that's, that's what I'm already doing on the side. Cause I had my own business on the side when I was at university. I was like, Cool. And so then I just knew from there, I was studying physics so that I could be a business owner. Um, and, and that people say, oh, you don't use your degree. I'm like, dude, I use it every day. I mean, that's like the essence of being an entrepreneur is figuring out how things work, how to make them work better. It's a scientific method applied to making money and creating wow. a great life. That's an interesting perspective, man. I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought of that. I mean, because I, I was not a, a physics guy. Or, as a matter of fact, I've never took physics and I only took math to the extent that I was required to take it. And mm -hmm. fun fact, I actually taught one year of math when I was a school cool. teacher. <laughs> that happened to be my last year teaching, which might have something to do with why that was my last year <laughs> teaching. I <don't> know. <laughs> but I think it's interesting to hear your perspective on physics is applicable every single day as an entrepreneur. Yes. And I know that physics works in everything, right? Physics, physics helps us understand how the it's world works. It's a way works. of thinking. It's yeah. a way of thinking about problems. But here's the other thing that's really relevant. And, um, and I just was scrolling through Instagram before we got on to see what you've been up to lately. And I saw you talking about, you know, failure and how it's part of success. And I'm like, as a scientist, like failure is the most important thing. Literally all of your data, all of your learning, like you're actually trying to break it. How do I fail? How can I fail faster? How can I fail more? Cause then I get closer to truth. Uh, and so I think my relationship to business as, as like, how can I fail as much as I can, as quickly as I can, because that's, what's going to grow me at bringing that kind of scientific approach to business is what's had things work really well for me. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing I believe about that, which you picked up on my Instagram feed is that failure is a stop along the journey towards success. And if you mm -hmm. don't make any stops, you don't know if the way you took is the best route. Yeah. And so every time we, every time we fail, it gives us data, data points of knowing Absolutely. what to do better. And so for those that say, man, all I do is win, win, win. Well, then you really don't know much because you're not learning, learning, all you learning did was win. Like, well, what did you learn? All you did Nothing. was step out and you won. Well, you didn't learn anything along the way. So let's mm. go back to your, so go back to college. So you go, you go, you're studying physics and you're studying mathematics. Mm -hmm. And then at some point you actually legitimately started a business where you, you have a business, you're doing business yeah. things, making money. When did that happen? I mean, it kind of grew organically out of helping people to fix computers before, like before I was even in college. And then while I was in college, instead of getting a job, I just kept doing these like side projects, like helping people with their business. And then it would, you know, everything in my life has always spidered out. Like, like a, it's like an ink dropped on a piece of paper and it spreads out. So helping them fix a computer to connecting computers with ethernet cables, to building websites for the businesses, to building websites for bands. Cause I was in a band. And then it's like, and then people that I knew in bands were doing stuff, working with nonprofits. And so starting to do websites for nonprofits and then bringing in some partners. And that became a web media company. And we we're doing production, all different stuff for nonprofits. Um, and so 
yeah, it, like there was no point at which now I start a business. It just evolved from the smallest thing. And I could even go back to before that, where like, you know, go back to the, sh- you know, cutting lawns and shoveling snow. It's like, once you got the mechanics and like, this is a huge thing. I don't know if anybody listens to your podcast that like is thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, but there's a major paradigm shift that occurs when you go from going inside the structure of somebody else to being the expression of structure that has move, money move into your world. And once I got that, once that paradigm shift occurred for me, which I think probably because my dad went through it, I watched him go from being a cop to having suddenly like these side businesses and side hustles to leaving me a cop and, and us all suddenly having a better life. And so, but once I got that for myself, it was like, you know, it was just an, ex- an infinite expansion. And even though I've shifted industries, even those were kind of an evolution from one form to another from one kind of business that I was doing into another business. So when um, you were, but, in, yeah, go ahead. Well, you said that you said that you were in a band too. And that's part of your story is that you were in a yeah. band for a while. What I, I, as a, as a hack musician myself, mm-hmm. who's never had a band and thought about what it would be like to play professionally. What was, was there any entrepreneurial part of being in the band? Or oh was my God. Yeah. Cool that you did for a while. If, of course it was. And the fact that I had already been doing business when I was in a band really helped with the band because Lots of people get together and play music, but can you bring organization to that? Can you bring leadership to that? Um, can you, you know, the cash that gets collected at the show, can you save some of that to reinvest in merch? Or are you just going to blow it all and then not have anything to reinvest? Because, you, you know, you college kids, you don't have that much money anyway. And so the fact that we were thinking about it like a business meant that we could roll the money we were bringing in back into the band and then pay to go to a studio. And then the next album we could pay to go to a better studio and go on a little tour. And we toured, I was, I don't know if I made it to Nashville. Oh, uh, I've been to Nashville, but I think it was on a road trip. Not when we toured the band, but we went down the East coast. And I mean, some of the best memories of my life are being like 20 years old in a van filled with, filled with gear playing shows at these clubs and just hanging out with my friends. It was awesome. Um, yeah, it's an entrepreneurial thing well, as well. You did a lot. You well. did a lot of traveling, not just with the band, but like you spent a lot of time as what we refer to now as a digital nomad. Even before yeah. that term was popular, you did sure. a lot of traveling. What 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 precipitated the traveling? Was it just a desire you had, or was there something specific you were looking for? I studied abroad when I was in college uh, in fit in, in Sydney, and that kind of opened me up to just being able to see outside of the views that I had grown up in, in Rhode Island in America, I'd never left the country prior to that. And I was like, Whoa, that's a different way of seeing the world and, and ideas and truth and everything was just, it fascinated me. And so I had always yearned to travel more and to see more of the world. And I took some other short trips, but the travel bug was in me. And in my mid twenties, essentially I got into real estate uh, after college. So just to zoom back a little bit, I was making like 30 bucks an hour in my own business uh, during college. And then as soon as I finished, I got a job, a corporate job. Cause like, that's what you do. But after six weeks, like, this is insane. I'm making less money. I've got a boss and I can't eat lunch until a certain time. And I'm making less than I was in my business. So I quit and went back to my own thing. But then I found my way into real estate. Um, and I was, and it was right time, right place, dude. It was like the market was going up, you know, it was the whole real estate bubble. And I rode that wave and I, and I cashed out like 26, 27 and, and then I was like, dude, I, my friends can barely afford to go out to dinner and I've got some money. So I'm going to go travel. And I literally packed everything up in my basement, rented my condo out and sold my car. And I bought a one-way ticket to Malaysia. And then it was three years until I settled down somewhere. Um, and I was not I was city hopping sometimes a few days, but then I started staying places longer, but uh, it was the best. Uh, I blew all my money. Um, but then I started it. But then I started a new business from my backpack. I took my web skills and got in touch with friends in the U S that were designers. And we started doing stuff for nonprofits. 
Um, so how yeah, old were was, you? How old were you when you started that that around the world? Twenty six. Okay. Yeah, twenty six. So you spent uh, spent three years on the road, living abroad, mm-hmm. traveling just wherever the wind would throw you. Now, yeah. At some point, was it during that? Was it during that period of time that you studied with Buddhist monks? Was that? It was. That, yeah, it was in India. So yeah. tell me about, I, I'm fascinated by that. I, I, I follow Jesus and I think everybody mm-hmm. who listens to the show knows I end the show every time uh, saying Jesus is King is that's that I, I truly believe that, yeah, but I, I'm, I've always had a very healthy respect for Buddhism in general uh, mm. because of when I was a teacher, I had to teach world religions. One of the things I taught and I taught Buddhism, uh, Hinduism, Judaism, um, uh, Islam and Christianity. Mm. And I taught those five mm. and I've never studied Buddhism. And when I studied, I was like, oh, I kind of, I kind of dig this. So I've mm. never had the benefit have you had of studying under Buddhists and with Buddhist monks. What was that like? And why did you decide to do that to begin with? Well, I was exploring, man. I've been an explorer uh, my whole life. That's what brought me into physics. Like how do things work? How do things work? I wanted to understand like, so I'm in this place and people are really happy. They seem to have a great life, even if they don't have the material things that we have in the West where does this come from? And it drew me to their, you know, Buddhism is as much of a philosophy and a culture as it is a religion. Um, and so everybody just kind of lives this. And I wanted to figure out what it was about. And I had just heard about meditation and I wanted to experience that too. And so I didn't have anywhere else to be. I was on my own. And so I just went, I went all in and, and signed up for this silent retreat and at a place called Tushita Meditation Center in Northern India. Um, I didn't know much about what I was getting into. I just was curious. So, um, but it was mind opening. I mean, it's, you know, it's a bit cliche now to do your meditation retreat in India, but like, <laughs> dude, it's like, you know, by the time you get all the way out there and you're on these crazy roads and these sides of cliffs and you see like the same kind of bus that you're in, like upside down and burned out on the side of the thing, it's like, oh, people actually die here, you know, driving down the road. And it just brings you, uh, there's a, there's a presence that, 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 that created for me with, with life and with consciousness. And I became more aware of my own thinking and the things that were happening inside my head that has stayed with me. Um, and, and to, to connect with what you were saying before, and as I mentioned before we started the podcast today, like it brought me full circle to my Christian upbringing. Like I was raised a Catholic Christian and, and, you know, the, the stories had some kind of impact on me when I was really young, but as I grew up and had a scientific mind, there started, I started to experience a lot of conflict and it kind of pulled me away from, from all of it. And now in hindsight, I can see that the baby is thrown out of the bathwater of like the deep wisdom. And so I've come back to those, to those stories and to biblical principles as um, an access point to Christ consciousness. And it really informs a lot of my work. And I think what Buddha had to say and Christ had to say has, has a lot of overlapped. And, you know, this isn't, I don't teach any specific religion, but my work is today, the integration of spiritual growth and material success. And so we end up in discussion about a lot of these really spiritual themes, whether it's Buddhism or Taoism or Christianity or Islam um, or Judaism, um, they're, they're all there. And there's a, there's a through line through all of them. That's really beautiful and really powerful. Yeah. I was, uh, you and I talked briefly about this before the show started, but I just recently read the book, uh, living Buddha, living Christ, which I, I don't remember who the author was. And I think I found mm. it on audible kind of by mistake or something, but I was listening to it and I just recently finished it. I thought well, that was, it's pretty good. I mean, I could see, mm-hmm. Uh, the outside person looking in, there's a lot of similarities. And that was actually mm-hmm. what drew me to Buddhism to begin with. And I know this show is really about entrepreneurial success, but I don't often get to talk to people like you who've spent yeah. time uh, with Buddhist monks. But I really feel like that 
uh, Siddhartha Gautama, who who was the what referred to as the Buddha, mm -hmm. what he was searching for, um, I see revealed in Jesus. I see that yeah. it, to me, of course, that's my particular perspective, of course. Mm -hmm. But I think that he, what he was searching for was revealed in Jesus, what he was searching for. So anyway, I find that really fascinating. There's a guy, there's a guy actually locally here in Nashville who's a member of uh, one of the clubs I'm a member of in, in downtown Nashville. And he uh, he's an attorney today, but he spent, I think, five years at some point in his young adulthood uh, as a Buddhist monk. <laughs> and, cool. and I don't know what I don't know what country he was in, but he and I've had long conversations about that. And I, I just mm. think it's fascinating. So but now yeah, it is. when you were in in Cambodia for a while, you actually helped mm -hmm. start a children's library. Was that yeah. as as a outcropping of what you experienced in studying Buddhism? Or was that before? Oh, that was, that was after, but not really connected to that. I mean, maybe, but like, but it was just, you know, being somebody with Western money traveling in the developing world after, I mean, when you go there first, you're like really struck by a lot of the poverty. Yes. There's people that are happy, but there's also some conditions that are really tough to stomach. And I was in Cambodia and I was, you know, on a tour to go ride camels in the desert as you do. Um, and we're just going by this little building um this little cement building and as we go by in the pickup truck suddenly this like 10 kids just exploded out the door and we're chasing the truck and this like cloud of dust behind us and i'm like and they were shouting and shouting and i'm like i asked the tour guide like what are they saying he's like they're asking for a pen and i said they don't have any pens he's like no and so i took a pen and i threw it off the back of the truck and they're like they dove on it like a pack of dogs and and that just memories just like stuck with me and it was like hmm you know, I do all this traveling here and I'm receiving so much from these places and the experience. And I just had this like real desire to give back. And so um, I got hooked up in partnership with Room to Read, um, John Wood's organization. It's a nonprofit. And, uh, you know, you can donate to them and they'll put that money towards the library. Or you can say, I'm going to just take it on, take on a whole project myself. And so I went and did that. And I just told that story that I just shared with you with lots of people and pulled the money together to build a library and fill it with books and in a community in Cambodia. So, um, yeah, it's just a way to give back because I received so much. That's that's fantastic, man. Good on you for doing that. And now other parts of your story uh, mm -hmm. revolve around uh, physical activity. So you've got a mm -hmm. black belt, you're a triathlete, mm -hmm. you've cycled mm -hmm. a lot. So was that all going on simultaneously with the world traveling or was that stops along yeah. the journey or what, what was that like? No, my physicality is a big part of my life. I grew up doing martial arts, you know, being in touch with my body, moving my body. Um, I had like a really warrior spirit and, and expressing that physically is important to me. It's just, so it's taken many forms. And again, I'm like, you take that warrior spirit and you add in the explorer and it's like, I'm going to do something for a while and tackle this to some high level. And then I'm going to move on to the next thing. And also like, if I'm traveling, like what's going to work? Like, okay, I'm not going to lift weights while I'm traveling the world. So it was a lot of running. I mean, I have beautiful memories of me going for runs in amazing places, like running through the, like going for a jog in a place with something I'd get to a new city and I go for a jog. I can picture myself jogging through the square in the Czech Republic in Paris, along the river, across the golden gate bridge. It's like, I actually wanted to create these, these experiences of being in my physicality in these, in all these places. Um, but in, you know, in recent years, I just, I just kind of put a line in after seven years of being a really intense CrossFitter. I loved CrossFit. And now I've just kind of moved on from that since the pandemic. And now I'm really into boxing, which is totally new for me, but hitting, I mean, I hit the bag today for 20 minutes and uh, it's just awesome. So when you're doing the boxing, that's always something I've been, uh, 
slightly interested and have cursory interest mm. in boxing, are you just actually just getting out there and punching around? Or are you learning the craft of boxing both. as a fight, fighting sport or is it both? both? Both. Both. I mean, I have to, I have to plug this company that I, like the, like the, pel- the boxing, the Peloton, but, but for boxing, you know, Peloton is right. Like this yeah. video thing, but like there's this company fight camp. And I just was like, I saw their ads and I bought it. I'm just loving it, dude. It's like, you've got the video. It's all at home stuff because of the pandemic. You got the video, you've got the trackers in your wrists and the gloves and the heavy bag. And you just go to town and, 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 and there's a leaderboard. And I started the, when I started, I was like number 2000 out of 10,000. Now I'm touching like the top 100 after a year of being in it. And it's so much fun. Just like Peloton is so much fun. Um, so there's that. Plus I met a guy here in Maui that's ex special forces and ex, you know, semi-pro boxer. So going over his house and he's, you know, show me how to hit the bag appropriately and stuff. So, yeah. That is, that's fantastic, man. JP, you're a very interesting dude. Might you might actually qualify as the most interesting guy I've had. On the show. <laughs> cool, man. It's pretty. Well, I cool. love. To, I, mean, I love I'm, to have some of that most in, most successful guy stuff on the show too. Let's, well, let's, let's give me some of that. I'll trade. So let's go ahead and transfer our conversation, kind of transition rather our conversation into the entrepreneur side because it's very interesting background. Lots of cool stuff. Uh, but, but now let's talk about what you're doing today as an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. what's kind of the thing, what's that thing that you're doing right now that gets you up in the morning that pays the bills that you're doing to build some Mm -hmm. sort of company or business? Yeah, well, I've been doing it for 12 years. I mean, we've talked about kind of up through my twenties, but what happened while I was traveling and travel blogging and doing this perpetually, people like, dude, how are you still traveling? Like, how do you make money? And so I was started to informally just help people like figure out how to be entrepreneurs. And at the same time, I was also, I had, a, I didn't even mention this yet. I had a hobby interest in magic. So think David Blaine doing card tricks in the streets. I was doing that all around the world in Paris and London. Um, all right. And that so led I, for, me. For, okay. For go, the ahead, benefit, go ahead. Well, for the benefit of the people who are actually watching this, can you do something yeah. like right now? Is that, can I put you I on the know, spot? Dude, I mean, <laughs> this, I got my wife's green card here. Ready? Huh? Oh, and then I'll do, oh, let's do a better one. Ready? <laughs> If you're not watching this go. on YouTube, you you're missing you out. So for, if you're driving in your truck on the way to work, you just yeah. missed a really cool little magic trick. So we got <laughs> that one of the most interesting guests ever on the show talking about how uh, uh, transitioning into his entrepreneur story. And oh, by the way, I did magic across the world, too. OK, Oh, so. by the way. Yeah. And, <laughs> so oh, and oh, by the way, that led me into studying psychological magic, which is like mind reading and hypnosis. Wow. which led me into studying. So I was doing street hypnosis at that point. So think David Blaine, but hypnotizing people instead of doing magic tricks. So we're having people fall asleep in the street, forget their name, do all sorts of crazy stuff in London. And that led me into understanding the psychology of the mind. And suddenly this hobby was starting to integrate with the conversations I was having about people becoming entrepreneurs, because how we think about ourselves and how we think about the world and in, in, is actually influencing our experience, not just for entertainment, but like our attitudes towards our productivity and our actions. And so those two worlds found themselves together. And that's where my kind of professional coaching started. Um, I started, you know, inviting people to make an investment in my support and uh, I grew it organically from there. So what is the, uh, what's the actual company that you have today? So actually it's been under my own name, John Patrick. Well, I have a limited company, Morgan Master LLC, but the brand has been my own name for years, John Patrick Morgan, but I'm in the midst right now of creating a branded company called Creating Company that we're going to launch early next year because I have a team of people that work for me now. So I've coached for 10, 12 years personally. And four years ago, I started teaching the philosophy that emerged through my work. And the last year or so, we've had people being trained up in that and, and teaching in it as well. 
And so creating company, it, there's four of us at this moment. Um, and we basically help entrepreneurs to have both spiritual growth and material success. Um, it's kind of a paradoxical idea, but for us, we say in our world, the means matters more. So how you're being, what you're experiencing in the moment is the most important thing and results are secondary. Paradoxically, our commitment to a really high values as our means end up creating really great results. Um, this is one of the many ideas that we have in creating company, but we, we teach and we coach and we help people to be happy and make money in that order. So it sounds like it's working out really well. You've been doing it for 12 years. You've just yeah. figured out how to move from LA to Maui and just bought mm -hmm. a house. So yeah. things are going well. So yeah. success from the outside looking in, it's a pretty successful mm -hmm. guy. How do you define that word success? Um, and I thought of this when you were asking earlier, when we were talking about like that moment when I started getting paid to fix computers. And the surprise to me was, wait, I get paid doing this thing that I love doing. And so for me, success has always been and is and will continue to be doing what I love. Doing what I love and having that work for me, having every moment of my life. And I'm, I'm like, if there's anything that I'm radical about, it's like, I'm absolutely radical about doing only what I love. I mean that to the nth degree, to, the play, to a degree that it it's scares the SHIT out of most people. I'm, I'm not cursing because your podcast, but otherwise, yeah, it's like, and I've always been a stand for that. And, and like, that's, you know, because I've always been a stand for that, I figured out how to make that work and how to, and how to make money doing only what you love. Um, and so for me, like success is doing only what I love, but like ultra success is getting paid really well to do only what I love. <laughs> well, with that as a definition, are mm -hmm. you, do you consider yourself to be a successful person? Oh, dude, the most successful person on the planet in that definition, there's nobody more successful than me. Wow. I love the confidence behind that, man. Yeah. Well, because so, I know what it is to love what I love. And if somebody could, there's no possibility that somebody could say no to things that they don't love more than me. And if I met them, I would instantly get access to that possibility and I'd be there too. So I'd just push them down to second place. <laughs> if that sounds crazy, it probably is, but it's an attitude that gives to me. We're going to take a break from our show right now to bring you our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now back to the show. That's great, man. I, you know, when I ask that question on the show, I ask it of everybody and I get a, it's about a 50, 50 response. Sometimes it's absolutely hundred percent. Yes. I'm successful. The other times it's like, well, yeah. And then, and then they end up saying yes, but they, they couch it yeah. just a little, but I think both 
I think everybody who's been on the show is successful or otherwise they wouldn't have been invited to the show to begin with, but, but they have different perspectives about what that means. And I think we could all agree that success grows like where you are today is not where you're going to be a year or two years from now. And, And it grows over time because success really is, as defined by the dictionary, it's getting the results you were wanting. So if you wanted X and you got X, okay, your success, your success, but your what you want tends to change over time, especially for entrepreneurs. You know, if you say, Hey, I just want to create a, for a lot of people, a six figure income that, that seems to be what, when we were teenagers and young adults, six figure income. Well, okay. When you become an entrepreneur, if you're doing halfway decent, you're going to hit that pretty quickly in most cases. So you're going to hit that now what? Well, now I want to make right. half a million a year. Then I want to make a million a year. Now I want to yeah. make, I want to have $10 million in net worth. I want, so it continues to grow. So success is not a stop. You know, it, nope. it continues to move. And so I appreciate mm-hmm. your story because you've had lots of experiences. And now you're like most successful guy on the planet the way I define yeah. it. And I love it's, it. And I've always, and I've always been that way is my attitude. So I'll, I'll, I'll say it in a different way. Um, I'm the happiest guy I know I, that comes out of my mouth every morning. It's one of the first things that I say, and it's a creation. It's an orientation. It's a commitment. And here's the thing. My wife and I agreed when we move from Santa Monica to Maui, we will be no happier. That's our commitment because we're already happy. And everything that we go and create in our life is not the seeking for happiness. It's not the seeking of fulfillment. It's not even the seeking of success as a, as a, as, as, as are we successful as people? It's a, it's an expression of that success. And so I, I am the most successful person in the world because my success is sourced in my knowing that I'm only doing what I love. I'm successful now. You could say, am I successful in creating the money that I want to create that I'm focused on right now? And I, I might say, well, I would say yes, because I just hit a goal like a couple of weeks ago or a week ago, but I would say no for the next one because I just put a new number and it's like, I'm not yet. So I'm either yes or not yet. It's like, you're, that's the, you're never going to get me in a no. You're going to get me in a yes or a not yet. I like that. I like that perspective. Well, let me, let me kind of, I want to shift gears into kind of the mechanics of what I think success is. And and this is mm. based JP. I know we don't know each other uh, really at all, other than what we both did to research to get ready for the show today. But one of the things mm-hmm. that I've discovered over the years as an entrepreneur who also considers himself to be successful as an entrepreneur, I've been interviewing casually and formally entrepreneurs who I perceive as successful. And this is pre pre podcast, but yeah, I've been interviewing these people that I've perceived as successful. And I would just casually ask questions. How did you do it? What were the keys? What, how, how did you unlock success in your life? And what I discovered accidentally over those dozens of interviews over cigars and whatnot, whatever we were, mm. whatever we were doing at the time is that I kept finding that these same five things showed up in everybody's stories. And so what I decided to do with the help of my business coach is sit down and say, okay, my show, I've been wanting to start a podcast for a long time. So my show is going to be focused on these five things Mm -hmm. and these five keys to success. And then we came Mm -hmm. up with the name of the show, the root of all success. So what I want to do is I want to ask you about these five keys and I want you to give you, I want to give you full permission to disagree with them or add to them. But I think that these are the things that have appeared in everybody's story and how they unlock Mm -hmm. success. I want to see Mm -hmm. how they how they mix with you. So I'll start cool. with the first. And by the way, I, I put these all, they all start with P because it makes it easier mm-hmm. to memorize. So Sweet. as the former pastor in me, <laughs> I got to do a little five P's, the five P's of success. Yeah. So the first one is passion. And so when mm. I study and I'm going to, I'll explain what I mean by it. Then I'll, I'll pause and I'll let you respond. But I, 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 in the study of passion, 
and I'm going to talk to these entrepreneurs. One thing I noticed more than anything else is that they were all had this endurance mentality to push through to get to success mm-hmm. that was different than normal people. Mm. So passion has two sides. There's an emotional mm-hmm. side of passion. Like some people are passionate about surfing or passionate about motorcycling or passionate about eating. And that's okay. And those, that emotional side of passion can be, can be a contributing factor to success, but not mm-hmm. necessarily guarantee it. For instance, one of the biggest successful companies I started is in the lighting business. And I was mm-hmm. never passionate about lighting mm-hmm. emotionally. But yeah. the mental side of passion, which is actually where we get the word passion, and you study more than anybody I know, <laughs> mm. like you probably know this, but the etymology of the word passion means willing to endure. So yes. when we when we talk about uh, Christ's journey to the cross, that last passion week, we of called the passion of the Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Not because he was excited, which always can be. Right. Yeah. Let's do this. No, Let's no. Do, yeah, no. He wasn't excited. <laughs> no. Um, he was willing to endure for a cause. Yes. So beautiful. In light of that, do you see your success being unlocked, at least in part, by your willingness to endure, your passion? Absolutely. And if Absolutely. so, tell me about it. I just love that, man. I mean, it's so unique. I mean, it's so, yes, on point. I'm a huge yes to it. And I, it's unique because people aren't used, people, people, don't want to think about it that way and talk about it. So I love that you're saying that. And absolutely. I mean, it just talking about the physicality, like my, I love the torture of the pain because I know that that pain is growth, that, 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 you know, the, the, even if you talk about the, the metaphor of the Christ, like the suffering that he endured was it's, it's, it's in commitment to something, to some possibility, some, you know, release or forgiveness. And, uh, and I think that, you know, the relationship to failure, you could say as a scientific method, but also just like the knowing that this suffering, that this enduring, that this difficulty, knowing that that is the source of growth is what has a person stay engaged in it, you know, and it's like being comfortable with discomfort, you know, I, and this, if there's anything I'm working on with my team, it's like, get more comfortable with the discomfort because that is it. It's, there's nothing that's more correlated to success than that. So I think that it's a great one. And I love that it's right up front in the first yeah. one on your list. Comfort, being comfortable with discomfort is something I coach too. And I think that I, when I talk to my, not only my employees, but specifically my coaching clients that I work with, that's one of the hallmarks of entrepreneurship is you have to mm-hmm. be comfortable with discomfort because it's going to be, it's going to be uncomfortable. And that's where the passion comes in. Cause you're, if you're not willing to endure through the discomfort, you're not going mm-hmm. to be successful. I actually right. was had, I had lunch today with a group of guys. I'm a uh, in a leadership society, I actually lead this thing every month. And one of the guys said, this is very interesting because I taught a whole lesson on the five P's of success back in, I think, January, February to this mm. same group. And we were just doing a year in review today. And he said, you know, the five P's at the time when you were teaching them, Jason, really didn't mean a lot to me. But then I started thinking about, hey, I'm not successful because I'm not passionate about this. I'm not mm. willing to endure. So I got to ramp mm. up my mm. willing to endure. So I uh, thank you. Thank yeah. you, JP, for, for sharing your perspective on that. Let me talk about the mm. second key. Okay. You already used this phrase without you even knowing this is what we're going to talk about. But I know. I tried to find right out place. what these things were. I mean, the I right love time. Yeah. Is it the right place? <laughs> so the right, right place, time? right time, which you, you, right place, right time, which you actually said. And the third okay, key yeah, yeah, is yeah. knowing the right people. So what is, what okay. is it in your story of success, right place, right time and people that helped get you to be so successful? So I, I believe two things. I believe that right place and right time is given to us. 
you could say through circumstance from God, like this just, it's, it, it is what it is, right? It has nothing to do with us. And in parallel, I also believe that the right place and right time is created through our attitude, our perspectives. We create opportunities. They don't just happen. And those might sound like a contradiction, but for me, the power is in holding both as true because you have faith in something greater than you that keeps you vibrating at a high level, but you also have agency and power that creates. Um, and so I have been consistently creating the right place and right time in my life over and over and over again. Um, and so I love that you have that one there. Uh, and that's why I love it because I, I believe it in both ways. Um, but right people, I mean, uh, that one really hit me when I moved to London after three years of traveling, I settled in London. And I was going to start my, my new coaching business. And man, was it difficult because I didn't realize how much the network I had created in the United States was the source of my success or so key in it, you know, because I grew up there and I knew people. And so when I started doing websites, I had just people to talk to people that trusted me already. And then when I got into real estate, you know, yes, I was doing a new business, but what wasn't obvious to me then is that the fact that it was working quickly is because I was leveraging those same trust relationships in a new service model. And then it wasn't until I moved to London and I started to try to start a business in person where I didn't know anybody. And I was like, why is this so much harder? Oh, because nobody knows who I am and nobody trusts me. And so then I shifted my focus towards just building relationships, started throwing parties at my house. And you know, within a year or so, I was having 100 people come over and they all knew me. And it was like, then, then the business started to work, but it's because I, I started to rebuild that, that key, the, the people piece. I love that story. I love that mm. a lot for lots of different reasons. Have you seen, did you see the show? I think it was on CNBC, Undercover Billionaire. Did you watch that? Not yet. I've got Grant's book. I just read 10X. I can't wait to see the show. So so season one, the original season was with mm -hmm. Glenn Stearns, who okay. was dropped off in, I think, Erie, Pennsylvania, knew nobody, had a $100 bill in a truck, and that was it. And the idea was, can he build a million dollar business? <clears throat> and so he, he didn't know anybody, had no connections. I believe, and I say it a lot, is that your network is your net worth. Sure. And you just illustrated that because you had, you had been relying on your network back in the US. Now you're in London, don't know a soul. And you're like, why is this so hard? It's because you <laughs> yeah. don't have the network. But you mm -hmm. went out and created the network, just like yeah. when Glenn Stearns did it. He was able to build a very successful business. And then season two, which Grant was in, same thing. But they weren't able to do it without the right people. They had right. to create the people. Even though they didn't know anybody when they got there, they had to create the right people. And so creating those yeah. strategic relationships. So my advice to people who are listening to the show is take what JP is saying. Just look, mm. throw a party. Be the guy that people want to hang out Absolutely. with. Or the girl, as it were. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Create yeah. your yeah. right place, right time. Create your right people. They'll come mm -hmm. to you. And that's where you're going to succeed. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. That's yeah, a man, great story. And so when are we coming to Maui? When are we doing this? We're going to have a party. <laughs> yeah, whatever you want. Let's do it. Well, all right. So the last two P's, uh, I'll group these two together as well. Uh, the fourth P is, or the key, key or P is preparation, uh, which is the know-how to pull off the thing that you're going to succeed at. And then the fifth mm. P is plan, which is about your ability to obtain the financial resources required to, to, to succeed. So in mm. your story of creating a, a successful coaching business and among the other things you've done in the past, real estate, uh, computers, et cetera, what, how are you prepared for that success? It would seem to me, it would seem to me that your years of traveling and doing what you did abroad prepared you to understand people in a deep and meaningful way that helps you be a better coach. And then your yeah. plan, I don't know about your plan. We didn't talk about the finances, how you were able to, to finance the to finance, all this, but 
how does preparation mm. and plan play into your journey to success? Um, I think they play in unconsciously. Like I'm not a guy that can disagree because I see truth in everything. And so whilst I don't consciously sit down and write a plan out, I mean, I'll write a one page. I'll have like a, a little bit of a how to, but I love showing up and, and figuring out how as I go. Um, and I, I mean, I think what you're saying is exactly true. I've, I've, I've leaned on my understanding and my abilities that I've developed through doing the things that I've done, like by having lots of different experiences, it, it, it makes you really good at stuff. Um, learning how to be a magician and how to create an idea in some, some, somebody's mind about something is happening. I mean, there's no better training for sales than magic. Right. And so like being able to do that with my communication, with what I do with my hands, whatever, um, was preparing me for more efficacy in selling the coaching work that I sell now. Um, even being a hypnotist, right? Like if you can put somebody to sleep and forget their name that you can sell them a product probably, you know, so, um, the preparation is in the experience. Um, but as far as a plan, man, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I often judge myself for not planning, uh, as well as I should in the sense of like how other people say you should and what you should do. And if I ever think about it, doing it, I just like want to throw up because I just want to <laughs> get to work and do stuff. Um, but the good thing is, is I've got people on my team now that think differently. Um, and so I can be me, be the creator, be the intuitive guy, you know, shoot from the hip, you know, and then have them put a plan together, which is excellent. Well, I, I think that your preparation, just like anybody else who's been very successful at their entrepreneurial journey, is that they were able to succeed in something they were prepared to be successful in. You can't be mm. successful in something prepared to be successful in it. The only people who achieve success in terms of financial success without preparation are people who win the yeah. lottery or whose rich uncle dies and leaves them a bazillion dollars. And those mm. people's success usually evaporates pretty quickly as defined mm -hmm. by wealth. But you were able to prepare, you were prepared the go-to guy for, for computers. You were successful yeah. in that business because you were prepared for it. And then your preparation to be a successful coach and trainer of other coaches is that you spent so many years doing so many different things. It, it just sure. kind of led you to this path of doing this. And then the plan mm -hmm. side of things, you know, a lot of people think that I taught when I say plan, I mean written business plan. And really what I'm meaning is because I needed a P word. <laughs> to fit was I'm really talking about financial ability to support the thing that you're going to do. Cause mm -hmm. I, I've mm -hmm. got people that call me all the time. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it happens to you. Like I got this great idea. Okay. How are you going to finance that? I have no mm. idea. Okay. You're not going to be mm. successful. You got to figure that out. That's got to, that's part of your yeah, story. I mean, all day long, of course, you know, I can talk about that all day long. Like, you know, um, how, what's your plan for making this work? Like, how are you going to fund this is a, uh, is a super important question. And I'll, my, my answers have always been, uh, I'm going to create the money and it's not necessarily going to come from my pocket. I mean, one of the, like I did my first five real estate deals without spending a dollar. Literally, I didn't spend any money, but it's, you have to like, if I'm not going to bring the money personally, what am I going to bring? That's going to have other people trying to pay, trying to bring their money in. And so I always just looked at like, where is the value here and how can I be that value? Whether it's through getting, you know, private funding or vet funding from some institution um, whether it's getting some country to give me a visa. It's like, I've always looked at how can I make the biggest difference and bring the most value? The money's easy. The money shows up when you come with that attitude. So that's how I've, you know, I funded most everything that I've ever done with other people's money. Um, they will get paid back and most of them anyway. Um, but like, 
you know, <laughs> a couple <laughs> banks didn't when I was in my twenties, but all the people have. Yeah. <laughs> well, so let me ask you this as we kind of wind, wind up the show. I want to ask you if you, if you could talk directly to one of the people that are listening to the show today, who is on the front end of their entrepreneurial journey, they haven't started mm. yet. They don't really know what's going on. They don't know what to do. They're a little scared. What would, you know, you're, you're a world traveler, very successful in so many different arenas, uh, physical, mental, et cetera. Now you're coaching people. What would you say to that person? They're walking mm. their dog on a Saturday morning, listening to the show, or they're, they just got out of the shower to get ready to go to work, or they're driving their car, or they're in between meetings and they're listening to the show. What You speak straight mm. to them, JP. What, what would you say? Here's your advice for your entrepreneurial journey to be successful. Mm. I would say to love every minute of what you're doing, even if it's, even if you're enduring, you know, like that piece of like the suffering, just to really prioritize having fun, enjoying it, loving it. Um, let love be something that just doesn't, not just expresses as joy, but like as contribution, really allow yourself to be willing to put other people first and to contribute and to help them and to make a difference and to just trust that that will come back to you. Uh, I would say, ask for more ask for more, ask for more, ask bigger, ask for more than you think you're due, ask for more than you think you deserve. You'll be surprised at the yeses that happen and how much that accelerates your success. And I would say, um, invest your time, your energy, and your money into people who can help you grow. You know, people like Jason here, myself, and, or anybody that can, that that's walked the path that can see things you can't see, um, both in your business, but also in your way of being, um, that will accelerate your growth as well. So uh, there are going to be a lot of people that hear this and they're going to say, I really like this guy. I love his energy. Like what I told you before we went on, uh, mm. on, we started recording, love your energy. And they're going to want to get in touch with you. So what is the best way for them to get in touch with John Patrick Morgan? Yeah. My, my username across like every social media platform is also my website. It's JP Morgan, JR, JP Morgan, Jr. That's .com for my website. That's Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, everything, YouTube got hundreds of videos out there. You know, you can shoot me an email, jp at jpmorganjr.com. I'd love to meet you. All right. So it's JP Morgan, M-O-R-G-A-N-J-R for junior. So jpmorganjr.com. Go check him out. It's been an honor to have you on the show. I'll give you the last word. Is there anything else you kind of want to leave the audience with, or you got anything we want to talk about before we sign off today? Um, I would say I'll just talk again about failure because I'm so hot on it right now. I have this, this uh, post-it note on my coffee maker called fail every day. No, sorry, fail before coffee. And so every morning I'm trying to get to a point of failure and like push-ups or pull-ups just because I know that that moment that I fail, it grows me. And it reminds me that like, that's what, if I can actually do something today where I get to the point of failure, then I've just grown. It creates a, it creates that P that passion relationship with success, the willingness to endure um, so I just want to lean on that more for everybody here. I like love, love, love that love it all. Well, if, uh, if you are, if your goal every day, JP is to fail every day, you want to reach a point of failure and, uh, push ups or pull-ups, then I'm much more successful at that than you, because I can't even do one. For it. <laughs> I failed before awesome. I start. <laughs> Win That's great. I love it. Well, dude, it's been great talking with you. Let's continue to uh, keep this conversation going between you and me. And continue. I love yeah. to be connected with people like you. So it's an honor do it. to have had you on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your story to success today. You're so welcome. Thank you, Jason. Well, there you have it. Yet another amazingly successful 
entrepreneur telling us about his story to success. And this guy's story, pretty interesting, right? I mean, so many different places across the world that he's been, so many adventures that he's had, and now his latest adventure of moving from the mainland U.S. out to Maui, living there with his wife. And, and it's uh, just just an enviable guy to know, like in a good way, like a healthy way. And, and uh, I'm really glad that he and I got connected to do this show. And I hope that you've enjoyed his story. So if you are interested in joining the successful entrepreneur online learning community, I want to tell you what you get for only $55 a month. You can go to the realjasonduncan.com slash TSE, which stands for the successful entrepreneur and sign up. It's only $55 a month. It's like having your own built-in coach in me, the real Jason Duncan and other people, just like what we talked with JP today, who helped me coach you as an entrepreneur to be more successful. You get three to four live trainings by Zoom every single month. They're all on Tuesdays. We do these live trainings. You can log in. And as a member, even if you don't make it live, you can watch the replay. You can log into the video library and go back and see the dozens of videos that are in our library on all different types of topics like financial literacy, leadership, sales, et cetera, that you can watch and learn how to be a more successful entrepreneur. But you also, if you are a member of the community, you get 20% off any of the online courses that we offer through Results University. You get 10% off any of the coaching that we do. And I offer, a, for example, an exit accelerator. One thing that I teach people how to do is exit their business without selling it. So you can join the exit accelerator after you're part of TSE and you get 10% off of that. Plus you get access to exclusive live events around the United States. For example, I'll be speaking at a couple of large, big conferences in 2022, and all of the members of that, uh, the TSE, are going to get access to tickets at a discounted rate. So go to therealjasonduncan.com slash TSE, sign up today, and if you will send me a DM through any, uh, whether LinkedIn or Instagram at the Real Jason Duncan, and let me know you heard me mention this, this is your special offer, if you heard me mention this and you're ready to sign up, I will give you the first month for free. All you got to do is say is, I heard you on the podcast talking about 30 days for free of TSC. I would like to have that. And I'll send you a special coupon code just for you to say thank you for paying attention to the promotions at the end of my podcast. So thank you for being here. I'm the real Jason Duncan. Next time we'll get together and talk with another very successful entrepreneur about his or her journey to success. And until then, remember, Jesus is King. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, we invite you to visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Take charge of your business. Grow it from great to incredible. Join us again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>